You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So, we're going to be starting today with the halacha, and it's Tav Samech Tes. You can see it. Uh, I've, I've, I've uh, allowed you to all share my screen. Also, Leibar Al Shum Behema. You're not, it's also, it's, it's actually a statement of Rav in the Gemara Psachim that you cannot say about any animal, Bein Chaya Bein even if it's already been slaughtered, even if the animal is already ready for processing. And clearly, you're not going to bring it as a Korban Pesach. You can't say, Basar Ze Le Pesach. You can't use those words, Basar Ze Le Pesach. Because that is what used to be said. That was the standard language to say when you would be makriv a korban. When you would be maktish a korban. You'd say, li pesach. This is a bosser for pesach. Li pesach meaning it's a korban pesach. So obviously if it's alive, it sounds like what you're saying is, oh, that's kodshim. And then if somebody sees you don't bring it to the Beit HaMikdash, the person's confused. Because even today, you can make something hectish. You have to let it die. You can't eat it. We have the power to make things hectic today, so we have to be careful what we say. People might say, did he just say that's Le Pesach? Hmm. I guess maybe you can make something hectic and eat it outside the Beit HaMikdash today. We don't want people to get that idea. So we are policing the way you talk. And we say, don't say the word Le Pesach. Now here's the Chidush here. The Chidush here, even though it's Shkutai, even though it's already slaughtered, you can't say Le Pesach. We'll see in the Mishnah Bura why. Lefi Shenira, because it appears like, what is he doing? It appears like, Shekdisho Mechayim, Lekarbin Pesach. It looks like he's making it a carbon. Venimtel Ochel Kachim Bechutz. Okay, so now the question is, but if it's already slaughtered, why can't you say Le Pesach? So let's look at the Mishnah Bura on that. Mishnah Bura says, Even if it's too young to be used as a carbon, a carbon cannot be, you cannot use an animal for a carbon until it's eight days old. Right? Even if it's too young to be a carbon, you can't use that word. Even if it's not a sheep or a goat. Why? Because saying the word lepesach might mean not that it itself is going to be the carbon, but shikdishu mechayim likno midamav carbon pesach. Now this has to do with laws of kachim, which I'll explain in about 15 seconds to try to explain it to you right now. I'm going to go step back for 15 seconds and explain it. There's two types of kachim. There's kachim where this animal is hectic and it goes on the mizbeach for the purpose you say. And then there's another type of hectic. Hectic bedek abayit, where where people take the, 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 the animal is holy and the, and it's sold by the Beit HaMikdash for monies, uh, to order, to have monies in order to fix things up in the Beit HaMikdash. That's called Bedek Abayit. But there's another thing sort of in the middle between these two. And that is where you're maktish something and the purpose is that you're going to sell it and the money will be used for a carbon. That's sort of like not exactly 
uh, it's not a mizbeach, but it's earmarked for the mizbeach, which means I am makdish this dead animal. I slaughtered it. I can get money at the meat market for it. That money needs to be used to buy a carbon pesach. Such a thing happened in the time of the Beit HaMikdash all the time. People would say, I'm being makdish this for a shlomim. What was it? It was, a, it was an animal you already slaughtered. But what you meant was, the money I will get, I promise to use that money. That money will have a kedusha in it where you're going to buy a carbon with it. And that could happen even today. Of course, you're not going to bring the carbon today, but the statement is it couldn't. It, it, it would it would mean that this thing that you're selling should only be used to buy a carbon with, which of course you're not able to do. That's why you can't say that. And when a person sees you eating it, <laughs> don't say, let's say we want your Zroa done, right? So many of us, my wife put down on the shopping list a Zroa. I don't know if we're going to be able to get one. But let's say I know that you you do a good job uh, roasting the Zroa. So I go over to you and say, can you be take this Zroa from me and, and, and roast it le Pesach? Aha. That sounds like I'm asking you to turn it into like a carbon Pesach. I want you to be, it should be part of a carbon Pesach. Don't use that word. Um, now, the Mishnah goes on. It's only an animal, even a dead animal. But based on the, what we said, there could be anything. It could be any sort of, maybe any other type of animal, because what it means is this animal will be sold in order to get money for a carbon. So therefore, yesh, yesh, poskim shemachmirim, gam al ofot v'dagim. Why? Because you could also say, look, this, this fish that I caught today, I hereby amaktish it to be sold for carbon pesach. The epsher shigdishin with me. You could be maktish it for, for the money which you're going to buy a carbon. Since you say the word lepesach, so the logic should hold that way. If you're going to tell me baser shchuta, then the logic should hold even for fish and birds and chicken. You shouldn't use the word lepesach. However, the Mishabura says af There are many who feel the machaber is a big enough humra. We don't have to extend it to chicken and fish. It's better if you speak Hebrew, don't say, I'm buying this Lepesach. Don't say that. It's not a, the Chazal do not want you saying that. But the Evid, of course, it doesn't mean the animal is usher, but it's the wrong thing to say. Now, the Kosvachrenim, the Achronim, right? That you could say. And Yiddish, you would say, Right? I just, I spoke Yiddish to you now. I'm buying the meat for Pesach. So I don't use the word with Pesach. I use this, a, a, a Germanic Yiddish expression. That doesn't sound like a carbon. Yeah. By what difference does it make? It's the same, it's the same meaning. 
Right, but the word Lib Pesach in the time of Chazal, especially in the time of the Mishnah time, Chazal meant something. So if you're speaking Hebrew, don't say Lib Pesach. You can say for Pesach. In other words, in English, you could say, I'm buying this meat for Pesach. That's not a problem. If you're speaking Hebrew, that would be the only issue. If you're speaking Yiddish, if you're speaking Yiddish, if you're speaking Yiddish, Michael, if you're speaking German, if you're speaking Belosh and Ashkenaz, and you say Pader Pesach, that would not be a problem in this halacha. Because Le Pesach is the problem. Okay? Um, let's take a look at Sif Gimel, uh, Sif Cotton Gimel, the Mishnah Burr. It's right here on the screen. Basar Zele Pesach. Vuadin Sha'osu Odom Lemar. Halach mos halolu ukanoli behem basar lepesach. Same reason. You can't if you're speaking Hebrew, you can't say take this money and buy meat lepesach. Because remember, lepesach sounds like it's for a carbon, and the money could be money that's dedicated for a carbon. You don't want that to be the impression. Okay. Um, let's go on in the. Let's go back upstairs to the machaber, and actually the ramot. So let's start with the Mechaber. So what should you say? So the Mishabur gave us the Yiddish or English Eitzah. Far Pesach. For Pesach. The Mechaber gives us another Eitzah. Don't say the word Pesach. You want to use the Lamed? Say Yom Tov. Eliyomar, what should you say? Basr Zeh Liyom Tov. This meat is for is Liyom Tov. Even though you use the Lamed, but the word Pesach is the one that brings up the connotations of a carbon, right? That's what brings up the connotations of carbon is when you say Le Pesach. But if you say Le Yomtov, then, then there's no carbon connotations at all. Okay. Now, uh, but, but you know the meaning. You know, you, you know what you're really thinking. It's not like it's not like you have an intention to say I'm thinking for a, for a sacrifice. My intention is for the holiday. I understand, Effie, but it's the people around you who heard what you said. Remember, this was a small, nosy community, like it still is, and therefore we don't want people to get the impression, "Hey, can you actually make something hectic, but it doesn't count?" It's important for people to know that even though there's no beta mikdash. Those words, if you meant them, mean something and actually create a problem. <laughs> Saying something is hectic today is a problem. And therefore, even though that's not what you meant, we don't want to give people the impression that that it means nothing and that people could just say it and get away with it. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with learning to be a little bit more careful in the way you speak. Let's take a look at the Ramah. Ugdim but let's say uh, an armored uh, goat. Now, that doesn't mean it really means armored, but it means shalem al rosho v'al kirov v'al kirbo. It looks like it has its armor because it has, it's completely roasted the way a Corbin Pesach would be roasted. So, even though when he has this beautiful goat that he's going to roast totally, he doesn't say, this is my Pesach goat. Doesn't say Le Pesach. Still, with even without any words, Osir Lasoso. And the reason is because it looks like a carbon Pesach. <laughs> and people will think, hey, isn't that the way the carbon Pesach looked? As, and and that, we're going to see a whole simon on that in a couple of days. Simon Tafayan Pav. 
Now that's when it comes to meat. But how about when you say, when you have your wheat, and you, and you have your wheat, and it's beautiful, and it's, it's somewhere from being wet, and it's good for matzah shmura, and you say, chitim elu, and you use those magic words, lipesach, that's okay. And let's look at the Mishnah Bura, why? And the reason is, is because, the kivan the low dummy klal lakachim. That's not like kachim at all. Wheat is so far away from the physical animal that we don't stop the, the, the word police, don't get involved there. There we know what you mean. That means we know what you mean. We mean you're going to hide it away and you're going to, um, and you're going to use them, uh, for matzah. So there the word with Pesach would be okay. Okay, so that's a pretty easy simon. Now we're going to go to the next simon, which I know Avrami has a lot of interest in, uh, and so do some other people who are Bechayr. Uh, so let's take a look. Simon Tafayan. And for those of you that are joining us, we have a couple more minutes. We're going to 8.05 approximately. Uh, in halacha, habachorot misanim be'erev pesach, bechor fasts. Bein bechor meyab, bein bechor meyem. Even if a man has a number of wives, let's say the previous to the time of Rabbi Nagelshim, where only had one wife, and therefore this is from wife number two or three, the firstborn. That bechor would not be the bechor that would get the double portion. But that would be called a Bechor in terms of Pidyon. And therefore, whether it's a Bechor Me'av, Bein Bechor Me'aim, you have to fast. You have to fast. Um, now, V'yesh Misha Omer, there's some that say, the Mechaber says, Shafilu Nekeva Bechor that even women, a firstborn girl, would have to fast. Okay? Now, where does that come from? I bet you didn't know. Maybe you, you've learned this in Shulchan Aruch, so maybe you know it already. But let's take a look at why. The, the Mishnah Bura says here in Sifkot and Gimel, Shemakas Bechoros Hoisagam Aleyen, Kiri Isa B'Medrash. Because the Medrash says, Umeis Kol Bechor. So the word Kol, we're Marbe, even what? Even, even women. In fact, the Medrash says something very beautiful. The Medrash says, now I'm not sure if every Medrash holds that way, but the medrash that the um, that the Shulchan Aruch is referring to, that the Mishnah Bura is underscoring, says that the oldest person, even though in the movie and then the Paro seems to have another firstborn child from maybe some other wife, but Bitya or Basia Basparo was also a firstborn, and Chazal say that she was saved b'schus Moshe Rabbeinu. So you see from that medrash. That really, had she not saved Moshe Rabbeinu, she would have been under the kolola of the Bukhar. So therefore, some say, based on this medrash, that girls should also fast. But he says, the Ramah says, quoting the Maril, that girls do not fast, only boys. Um, and the Mishnah Bur explains, <laughs> because when it comes to everything else, you could find some way that a boy could be a Bechor in some way. But we never find in Halacha in any way that a, a firstborn girl has a din of a Bechor. 
Tzlovchad's oldest daughter didn't have a din of, of a Bechor at all. So therefore, even though the Medrash says it, we don't have that minic for girls to fast. So a firstborn girl uh, does not have to fast at all in that case. Um, Almost like saying that the Torah overrides the Agada. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say so, yeah. Especially since, remember, this is a very, Michael, this minig is something that, uh, you know, it isn't the strongest minig in the world. You're going to see in a minute, and I'm actually going to quote the uh, Mishra Burr about this. I think everybody has to hear it this this year. Um, let's do a little bit of the uh, of the Mishra Burr. And so I have a couple of minutes. The Mishra Burr, Seat Cotton Bays, you can see where I'm holding the cursor. Shemakas Bacharas Haita Bekulam. Makas Bacharas happened to everyone. He's a Medrash. Now, Mikol Makom, what about the God of Abayas? <laughs> we know the Medrash says that if there was no Bechor in the house, the oldest guy in the house would die. That We don't take the minute that far. Or, What about somebody who isn't the Peterechem? His mother had a baby first, and that baby died. Well, he would be the child since the baby was a Nephel, the baby didn't really survive and was, was premature and didn't live 30 days. So the second born would be the Bukhar, and Therefore, it's not pet, there's no Pidyan Aben in that case. But because it's a Bukhar Lenachala, he would get a double portion, that, that Bukhar would fast. Let's say... Uh, the, you have a, a baby that was born, and we don't know the cause of why Nebuch, the child, died. But it was a full-born child, and it was formed fully in nine months. Even though that baby didn't live 30 days, a little French benefit is no tinus bechoros for any of the other children. Then ain't sarach lisanos. Because that's not a bechor. Avrami, Sorry, Bukharam Kohanim Levium Tsrikam Gamkain Lisanos. Aaron, I I don't know if you're a Bukhar, I saw you're here today, but uh that would be a Bukhar Kohen Levi also. Bafilma Yirak Bukhar Me'aim, as we said before. Now, um this is the part I wanted to read to you, which I think is important. Venira de imchosh perosho obeinov, ain't sarach lisanos. If you've got a headache or your eyes hurt, Here's the Mishnah Bura said, you do not have to fast. If generally fasting is difficult, uh, okay, Aaron, thank you. <laughs> if generally fasting is difficult, there's people who after they fast, they can't wolf down food, their stomachs compress and they can only eat a very little amount. And therefore, they're not going to have much of a Seder. They won't be able to eat, uh, the, they won't be able to have the Dalit Kosos. They won't be able to, uh, to really properly take part. So, the Mishnah Buddha is telling you if by fasting, it's going to affect the type of Seder you have. You won't be able to eat properly at the Seder. Then, and I would assume that it's, it's one of the mitzvahs is telling the story and being awake and not being exhausted. All of that, I think, is included. Now, however, 
the Mishnah Bura says you don't have to eat like with 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 uh, like full meals on erev Pesach. You can eat snacks. So therefore, what you're able to do is eat snacks, eat meat, eat eggs. And in this way, you didn't wash, you didn't eat uh, bread, whatever it was, or, or in the morning. And in this way, you have at least some sort of shame fasting. I heard from my Rebbe, Rav Heinemann, uh, recently in a, in a video that's available on the, uh, on the Star K website that he believes in the corona period, you shouldn't be fasting anyway. Um, and therefore, there's no hechrech to go to a, 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 a seum or anything like that, because he feels we have a chiv to be healthy and strong as possible. And therefore, fasting, uh, he feels the Bukharam don't really have to fast at all. Okay, that is, I believe, our, uh, I think we did a pretty good job there on our 20 minutes of halacha. Uh, I, I welcome all the new people here. Um, and thank you so much. There's somebody mayor here. Uh, I'm not sure which mayor that is. Um, I don't know if that's my nephew mayor. <laughs> but if it is, I'm very happy if you are here, mayor. Let's see. Okay. So let's take a look now at the, uh, at the, your Shalmi. Uh oh. Okay. Here's your Shalmi. Go down. All right, so we are learning your Shalmi Peya, um, and just to, uh, uh, okay, look, <laughs> right. as I said, Avrami, Avrami Solomon points out that there is going to be a virtual seeing with Rav Tites. Kivalevich will make one too if you want, as we are finishing your Shalmi uh, Brochos, but as again, it's a nice thing to be part of a seeing to have the chizik of Limerat Torah. We'll see tomorrow what the Mishnah Brewer feels. There are some sheetas that hold that at least you have to have some understanding of what it is that's being learned. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Okay. Uh, one of the reasons we're learning your Shalmi Peya, for those of you that are uh, new to us, is because um, of, of from my grandson who was born premature. And the Baruch Hashem, I saw him, a video of him. He looks nice and fat and healthy and because of that, we are dedicating ourselves to learn your Shalmi, and I hope you'll enjoy it. Especially today, you're going to be learning something I don't think you've learned about before. So here we go. Your Shalmi says, Od min hato, the Omer Rebbe, lo yispalgun chizkev Rabbi Yochanan. I'm sorry. Yispalgun chizkev Rabbi Yochanan. There was a machlokas chizki and Rabbi Yochanan. We're talking about a carbon ria. We're talking about oilas ria. We're talking about the chiyav to bring the carbonis to the Beis Hamikdosh on during Yontif, the oilas ria and the shalmei chagiga. One is an ola, one is a shlomim. The shlomim are shalmei simcha, and then you have the ola. The ola is an there's a as we saw in yesterday's learning. There is a din that you have to spend two ma'ah for the shlomim, and you have to spend one ma'ah of kesef at least for the oila. So how about this? How about if you have a small family and you want to take the two ma'ah for the chagiga, which is eaten by your family as well, and you want to buy two animals? 
You could have, uh, these are the Chagiga, Chagiga 1, Chagiga 2. You'll bring Chagiga 1 the first day of Yontif, you'll bring Chagiga 2 later. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, you can't do that. Because in order for something to have a shame Chagiga, the shame Shalmei Simcha, the amount of money you pay for it is crucial for the identity of the carbon. You can't split, oh, I'm going to buy one, two small ones. In order for it to have a shame, carbon chagiga, it has, it has to at least, you have to invest at least the minimum amount that Rabbi Yochanan says is Allah Moshe Misenai, as we learned yesterday, the two ma. So, Tzarech, so therefore, Rabbi Yochanan says, Ein Adam Cholich Abbasu Lishtei Behemos. Elot Tzarech Shiyibiyado Shtei Kesef. And therefore, if you want to use, whatever animal it is, you want two animals, each one has got to be worth you got to have stay kesef in each one. Now, i got to explain what this means. In Chagiga, in the Gemara in Chagiga, your Shalmi and Bavli, the Gemara says that for the Korban Chagiga, you're allowed to use Meiser Shani money as a Tophel as an addition, as something that you scrape on, adding to the essential one, and then it becomes all part of one mitzvah. Meiser Shani money, of course, is when you're po to the Beiros, and you have the most Meiser Shani, you bring them to Yerushalayim, and you can buy whatever you want. Now, obviously, instead of making an extra trip, it's a lot easier if what you're going to do is go to Yerushalayim on Pesach, with the Meiser Shani money, and buy animals, and say, after you buy them, hey, I'm going to use this as my shlumim for the for Yontem. Not your carbon Pesach, but for your shlumim. Now, let me explain a little bit further. Normally, when you have a chiyuv to bring something, it has to come from chulin. You can't take something that's already hectish and add another hectish to it. There's no double dipping. You have to be what? You have to be maktish. The, uh, if you're going to be maktish an animal, it has to be from money that is chulin money, not from something that's hectish or has some other sort of shame on it. Okay? So therefore, it would seem to be wrong to use Meiser Shani money for hektish. But we learn out from Psukim and sources that as a tuffel, as an addition, you can actually get away with it. As long as there's an essential chulin money, the two ma'a, that by the Chagiga, you can actually, in, you can add other stuff to it and it will get the shame of a Chagiga. As long as it's essentially proper, you can scrape on it. You can be toe fail. Like you can put this, uh, you can put this scraping on it, this layer on it, which by itself would be wrong. But since it's connected to the essential, it's all right. Now that is true. The question is, how do we define that? So let's take a look inside. Rashlokish quoting Chizkiyah said, "Adam tofel behema libehema." What the way you do it is like this. The way you do it is, is that you you already have bought, you already have your one animal, which is the good one, 
the one that's from Chulin. And then you actually say, but I am, and these were the other animals that I bought with my Sershani money, which has Kedusha to it. But since it's going to be Pesach, and I've got a lot of people that need to eat, I hereby make these other animals also for the shame of my Chagiga. You're allowed to do that, according to Vershwakish. Adam Tofel Behema Libehema. That, that's, and that is how it's Tofel. Had it not been for the original ones, had it not been for the original ones, then you wouldn't be able to do that. But since you have that first original one that comes from Hulin money, so now you can bring these other animals in too. And if you're lucky enough and you have the elbows and the influence to get all these animals done on the first day of Pesach, you can bring them all on the first day of Pesach and it counts as a Chagiga and you can eat it as, as Kachim. However, the Ainadam Tofel Maos Lamaos. But what you can't do is say, hey, I've got two Ma'a of Hulin. I've got an I've got a family like the Waltons and the real McCoys and everybody together. I got uh, I don't know, I got twenty five, thirty five relatives over there. Okay. They're all coming to eat with me. We're not gonna get by with one animal. We're not gonna get by with a, a, an animal for two Ma'a. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy me a giant animal, a big um doggy. It's going to be a real big animal. And where am I going to get the money from? I'm going to use my Shaney money. And you know why? Tofil. <laughs> I'm going to be Tofil it. I'm going to put it all together. It, it, it has two more in it from Hulin, and the rest is going to be my Shaney money. It's going to be this giant animal. On that, Rishulakish says you can't do that. Ain't autumn Tofil Moos Lamoos. That you can't do. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, no. The idea of tofil is exactly that. Tofil are the ma'os lamaos. The reason is, is because even though there's no way that animal, you could have gotten away with two ma'a, you had to use your Meister Shani to get that umdagi, that big giant animal for the 35 people to eat. However, in every kazayas of that animal, you have some of that original money. True, you needed a lot more money, and you used my Sershani money, but it was all together. And since the Mo's, the two Mo were part of the original purchase price, it counts. But ain't autumn tofil. Next page. Behema. But you're not, what you can't do is add a bunch of other animals. You can't, but, because you know why? Because according to Rabbi Yochanan, if you don't have an animal that has some sort of chulin money in it, it doesn't count. According to Rabbi Yochanan, this big fat animal, even though it cost more than two ma'a, but you definitely inserted the original two ma'a in there. Whereas these Rishlakish's uh, way, when you're bringing these other animals, how can these other animals be called shlamin of, of, of Chagiga? These animals have no connection to the original two ma'a. They were bought totally from Meister Shaney money. The fact that you did it at the similar time, that shouldn't work. That's why, that's why Yochanan rejects Rishlokish in the name of Chizkiah. Hey Chavida, how does it work? Let's say, hey Chavida, what would be in this case? The guy has 10 animals. Now, let's say, there is no Meister Shaney money involved. 
Let's say the guy's the guy is rich. He has a lot of chuvin money, and he's got a huge family. This, he's going to spend his Pesach in Yerushalayim. It's going to be great, and he's going to and he therefore for his chagiga he has for his chagiga for his korbonos he's got ten animals, all of them called carbon shalme chagiga. However, he can't get all ten done on the first day. He was able to use his power and influence to get five done. Hmm, okay. Now, what about the other five? Would you be able to bring them, in case you can't get into Beis HaMikdash, even on, let's say, Shemini Atzeres? Would you be able to get there? Because we know Shemini Atzeres, you can actually bring the Korbonos that you missed on Sukkot. The carbon oila and the oilas ria and the chagiga that you missed on Sukkot, you're allowed to bring on Shemini Atzeres. So would you be allowed to bring these five? Or maybe, listen to what I'm going to say, once you've missed your first day to bring them, and you already were yotze your mitzvah, these five don't really have a din of a chagiga anymore. They're more like a ned there that you made. And you're not allowed to bring a ned there on Yontif. If you just have a carbon that you promised to bring, you were saved by something, a carbon toda, uh, you went through something that you thought was miraculous. You can come up to the base on Mikdash around Yontif, but they are not going to be marker of that carbon on Yontif because it's an individual carbon. And Yontif is only, uh, has to be, you can do Eichel Nefesh, but that carbon has parts that are going to go on the Mizbeach. It has fats that are going to burn total to Hashem. Even though you're going to eat some of it, but you're not allowed to bring an individual Nadova. So maybe the five that you weren't able to get done on the first day automatically default to a normal type of Nadova, which you're not allowed to bring. Or maybe they're the leftovers from the Shlomim, uh, of the Chagiga, and therefore you are allowed to bring them on Shemini Atzeres. That's the question. Let's read it inside. What's going to be with the other five? So, Rav Krispa Omar, he says, Krispa said, based on what we just learned about Tophel, about what's considered the Behemoth, and adding with the Meiser Shani, I'm going to say that this question is totally on the Machlokas we just learned. Okay? Which I'm going to say like this. One would say, it would, you're not allowed to bring it. I'm sorry, Chadamar, you are allowed to bring it. It would be Docha Yomtev, because it's considered basically a Chagiga. Now, I think it's dependent on this Machlokas, but I can't figure out exactly what each one would say. Amar Rebzeira. Rebzeira said, I'll tell you, I'll figure it out. Nifresh Mileyum de Rabbonon. I'm going to go back to the original the machlokas we started out tonight with, explain them, and by explaining them, I'll show you what they would say in this case. Nefarish mileyun derabonan, right? Now, min mileyun Rabbi Yochanan. What did Rabbi Yochanan say? To Omar, he says, Adam tofil maos lamaos, that you're allowed to stick all the money into one kitty and buy this big um doggy giant animal. Ain't Adam tofil behema lebehema. So you see that what, as long as it's paid for, that it has some of the original 
chulin money in it, even though some of it is unnecessary, it's still considered a carbon chagiga. The same thing would be true if you bought, if you're rich and you buy 10 animals with chulin money, they should all be a carbon chagiga. Habidu amar docha. But Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish that says, tofil adem behema libehema. The most you can do is put the animals together. But if you put them all, if you put all the money together, so then, hmm, if the animals, it's got to be every one has got to have the original shtei kesef in it. Aha. Uh-huh. Over here, I bought new animals with new money, I guess. <laughs> Therefore, um, Again, so that would be, he would say, he would say, if you get all the animals in, that's fine. But if you couldn't get all the animals in on day one, then you aren't able to bring them till after Yom Tif is over. That was what Reb said, lining up the Machlokas. It's not 100% clear, but this is the way you see the Yerushalmi works. We take a question which is related, but not exactly the same, and we extract the ideas based on what we studied beforehand. Bavli does similar things. Rishalmi, I think, many times explains itself better than the Bavli about what it's doing. Let's go on. Also, Shimon Baba, B'Shem Rabbi Yochanan. He said, I say, according to Rabbi Yochanan, not only are you going to be able to bring those other five that were left over from day one, <laughs> anything you say during Yantif is also counts as a Chagiga. And you can bring it during Yantif, and you can bring it even on Shemini Atzeres. Because this that you have to show up, you're not supposed to show up empty-handed, you are actually able during Yantif to, to make more Chagigas. You're able to make more Korbanos and invest them with Kedusha, even though they weren't leftovers from day one. And they would have the significance of bringing them even on Yantif. Ah, to Amarin Bedaiti until you say, I'm finished. <laughs> if you make the announcement and say, I'm not bringing any more, then they would only be a Nadova. But if you keep on adding to it and saying, here's another Chagiga, here's another Chagiga, even though it was done post the first day, you would still bring it during all of Chalamoid, obviously, but even on Shemini Atzeres. Okay, now we're going to end tonight. Uh, we have about 11 minutes. We're going to end tonight with some discussion about how to do chesed and how to do tzedakah and how to do mitzvahs. So I think you're going to find it very interesting. The Mishnah said, Gemilas chasodim is one of the things she'en lehem shir. The Gemilas chasodim doesn't have a shir. Okay, what does that mean? begufo. What does it mean it doesn't have a shear? It doesn't have a shear, meaning chesed with your body, going to a levaya, meeting someone, being Menachem Ovel, using your body. That you can be gomel chesed with your body, showing up, listening. That ain't lem shear. But if it's kamilas chesed with mamon, avobamamon yeshlo shear. And of course, one of the things that's called kamilas chesed, a gemach, is to borrow money. When it comes to lending money to people, 
and you're not going to you never know if you're going to get back and you're not sure if you, there's no interest there now even though there there is a sheer of how much you need to give from your money in gemilas chesed but i see and this shows up like we hear from Rabbi Yosef ben Chanina, who said, Ba'usha, this is where the Sanhedrin came to Usha, eventually, in the time of Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, the father of Yehuda Anasi. And they said, mafrish chomesh, that the amount you have to give for Kamilas Chesed and other tzedakas is only 20% minachosav. You shouldn't give any more. So even though we're saying Kamilas Chesed doesn't have a shear, that's only with your body, your mind, your heart. But in terms of money, in Usha they made a takana, be careful. We don't want to make more poor people in the world. If a person, even though he's wealthy, but he, he gives out 20% of his nechosim for tzedakah, he's on a slippery slope to becoming completely impoverished. That's what happens. <laughs> Because you're not used to it. You don't realize how much you're missing. And therefore, you become discombobulated about the way you spend on things. And what happens is you end up, unfortunately, becoming poor. So we want to stop you and say, look, we know you want to give a lot of tzedakah. Do not give 20% of your stuff for tzedakah or for a loan. Do not lend 20% of your holdings because that could cause you on the road to poverty. So So what should be the mitzvah? How much should you give? Rav Gamliel ben Inuna, Rav Abba Barkana, disagreed. You know what should be the amount of gemilas chesed you lend and tzedakah you give, which is a good amount to give? You're going to tell me 10%? That's not what the Yishalmi says. The Yishalmi says, think about the amount of truma and then the amount of trumas meiser. Truma is 2%. Trumas meiser is 1% out of 10, which is 1%. So you should give 3% of your, uh, of what you have to tzedakah. 3% according to your shalmi. The charna omar, the other one said, let's read it again. Chanamar kadei truma, the trumas meiser. The charna omar, no, there's a pasik. Kabed et Hashem Glory God from your money. Give tzedakah. Umeireshes kol tfuascha. What does that mean? The Pasuk and Mishle? We're darshaning it. Kimeireshes kol tfuascha. Give the amount of tzedakah like you give truma, which is 2%. So it's either 3%, which is like 133rd, or 150th. That, according to the Yerushalmi, is what you should be giving. That's the chiv of tzedakah. You can give more, but that's the chiv of tzedakah, not a tenth. Either a 2% or 3%. If you're going to say a person should give up to a fifth, but he shouldn't give a fifth. Up to a fifth he can give. Right? You shouldn't give, right? You're not supposed to give more than a fifth, or up to a fifth. So, or let's say more than a fifth. But you can give up to a fifth if you want to be a tzaddik. But that's crazy. Then what's going to happen? If one year he gives 20%, and the next, and the next year he gives 20% of that, and the next year 20%, so 
of the original money, he'll have nothing left. Now, of course, you could say it now becomes 20% of what he's left with. But the question was, the guy will be left with nothing if he keeps on giving so much money away. So let's see what the Gemara says. So the Gemara says, The first year, when he's, when he's already independent, he's making money, he gives, he can give for tzedakah 20% of his, 20% of the principal. Mikan ve'elech, the next year's, l'schar, the interest that the principal is earning. But you don't have to give from the principal anymore. That's one answer. Okay, that's the only answer. Rav Huna came to the base medrash and he said, we've been talking about giving tzedakah, how much tzedakah you should give. How much gemilas chesed, how much loans you should give. What about the mitzvah? What about the money mitzvahs cost? Matzah, moror. Pesach food, esrogim, lulavim, asukah. How much do you pay for mitzvahs out of the amount that you own? So Ravuna said, ad shlish. Wow. So we think that means you have to give up a third of your wealth for mitzvahs, even more than tzedakah. For, for mitzvahs, for your own kima mitzvah, you have to give up a third of your wealth. Mar says, one second. Mahu, does, what does it mean? L'chol ha-mitzvot? Ad-shlish? Does that mean a person at the beginning of the year sets aside money and said, okay, this is a third of all my wealth. This third of what I have now, I'm going to spend on mitzvahs this year. Is that what it means? Oh, l'mitzvah achas. Maybe it means when one mitzvah shows up, this is what the estro costs. I've got to I've got to give a third of everything I own of what I, of the wealth of my own for it. Is that what it means? Svir and Maymar, they thought no. It must mean lekola mitzvahs adshlish. It must mean that you make a cheshbon in the beginning of the year and you say, here's a third of what I own. This will pay for my mitzvahs for the year. That's what it means. It can't mean every time. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to live. Um, but uh, Rav Abin said, "Afivu mitzvahachas." Rav Abin said, "Even for one mitzvah, you should give up a third of your wealth." But Rav Chaviva b'shem Rabbanan the Taman, Chaviva said, "Who said this psak about a third? It's a Babylonian rabbi, Rav Huna. Let's see what the Babylonians say. This is Talmud Yerushalmi, Talmud Eretz Yisrael. What is what do the people in Bavel say on this? So Mahu Shlish Rudamim." Aha, it doesn't mean a third of everything you own. It means you have to pay a third more for this thing than you would have paid normally. Meaning you can get a decent one for 50 bucks. So in order to get a better one, a hedor one, you should pay a third more. That's what we're talking about. A third more than 50, right? Okay, so that would be like 67. You would pay for the S-Rogue. So let's say... Please hey, shut your mic. Please shut your mic. I'm not sure who it is, Moshe. So, hey, Chavita, how does this work? Lokoch Oda Mitzvah. Let's say you buy... I don't know. Let's say you see some matzahs that you see and they look nice. <laughs> but then you find nicer matzahs. Matzah cheres no 
if the first place will take back the box, I don't know if they're going to take it back, but in those days maybe they did, you had to take back the box in order to buy the more expensive matzah behidur. Ad kama matrichinen alov, ad shlish. So that's, if it's a, but more than that, you don't have to do. To actually pay a third more, for example, in the mushroom we said, let's say the matzah is 10, 10 pounds, cost $50. And then you find a better looking matzah, more mahuder in some ways. Hmm. And that was $67. You'd have to return the 50 to go back to buy the one for 67. But if the mahuder, but What's if the, the difference between that and the asphalt? Same thing. I'm just using matzah because it's almost Pesach. <laughs> same thing, Effie. So therefore, but more than $67, you don't have to pay. Tony Rabbi Shmuel, where do we know this idea you have to invest for a beautiful mitzvah? From the Pasuk that we say in Az Yashir. Ze'eli v'anveyu. <laughs> this is God, and I will make him beautiful. I'm going to make God beautiful? V'chi efshir lo l'adam l'navot et boro? How can I be make God beautiful? Ella, what it means is, anveyu l'fanav. I'm going to make myself beautiful. B'mitzvot. Which means I'll I'll pay more. I'll show him I love him. I'll show him I want to do things even in the most beautiful way. And this is the way we are makayim the idea of hidur mitzvah. You know what you can say? What do you mean? You know what it means? Adamelo. Anveyu means I'm going to be like him. Anvehu is anivahu. Ze'eli, I recognize God. They recognize God at Yamsuf. We can recognize God in our lives and what God does for the world and say, anivahu, I want to be like God. What does that mean? Mahu rachum v'chanun af atate chanun v'rachum. So you see that um, how important it is to uh, to be like God. And to try, that's another way to be mahadir. Not just in the amount of money you spend for your mitzvot, but to do acts of chesed like we're talking about. Okay, so now it is now um, 8.35. Let us now go to the Bavli. Oh, the other way. All right, it's time for the Bavli. We're going to do a lot of Bavli tonight. I hope everybody can see it. Okay. We got to the bottom of the page. Let's see. Amar Ravuna. Just talked about Ravuna in the uh, Yerushalmi. Here he is in the Bavli now. Amar Ravuna. Chotzer if a chotzer, uh, uh, and let's learn like Rashi. According to Rashi, you have to put a can, a Hanukkiah in the chotzer. Not in Rishos Arabim, but in the chotzer. Okay, and people will see it from Rishos Arabim. They'll see what's happening in your chotzer. That's according to Rashi. Let's learn like Rashi. So let's say the chatzer has two op- two entranceways from Rishus Arabim to the chatzer and to the bayit. So the chatzer has shnei psachim. What do you have to do? 
There are two doors, one one area of the door, one door to the house goes out to the chutzar here. One door goes out to the chutzar there. So where the house hits the chutzar, both of those places need a Hanukkah. So even though you're, it's near Ishu Beito, but since you, you happen to have a house that has two exits to the chutzar, you need to actually have two Hanukkiyot. That's what Ravuna says, two menorahs, two Hanukkiyot. Now, the Amar Rava, but Rava said about Ravuna, Lo Ruchos. Ravuna could only have meant it when each exit from the house is on an opposite direction. Let's say north and east. But if it's all, if you have two doors, both from the north, one is the one entrance, a fancy entrance, and then you have on the same side of the house a smaller, less fancy entrance, a less fancy door going to the chutzner. Then you don't have to have two menorot. That's what Rava said. My time. What is the rationale why you need two? So if you say it's because people will be suspicious. Okay. So what does it mean people will be suspicious? Who's suspicious? If you think it's people who don't live here. If it's people who basically are walking by, they live in a different town, and they see a house, and they say, huh, what's going on over there? There's two doors. I bet you that's a duplex. I bet you the rich people live on one side, and the poor people live on the other side, and the poor people aren't putting up a Hanukkiah. Look, Jews aren't putting up a menorah. If that's the Chashad, then, I feel Baruch Achas Nami Levoy then you have to worry because they don't know that this is a house owned by one person and he has two doors. Most people in those days did not have two doors in one direction. So people who live in the town know that this is a guy with two doors. But people who don't live in the town will think it's a duplex and two people are living there. So you should have to put it up anyway, even if it's in one direction. If you're worried about people live in town, well, people live in town know that you've got two doors. I feel Everybody knows you've got two entrances. You've got one on the north and one on the east. So why should you need two? They know who you are. Who are we worried about? Are we worried about who are we lighting for? And who are we worried about? Are, are we lighting for the people who generally live in the neighborhood? Or are we lighting for people who might be passing through? If we're about people passing through, they're not even in one direction. If it's about people in the neighborhood, what do you care? People in the neighborhood know that you've got two doors and you're only one family. So why should you have to make another Hanukkah? So let's see what the Gemara says. It's really the people who live here. But why don't, why, what's going on with them? Because what's going to happen is, is, Zimnin, the Michal Sometimes you've got, for example, your house is a corner house, and it's on two streets. One exit is to street one, or Chutzar one, and the other is the Chutzar two. They're walking on the east side. They're not even going around the north. They're not even seeing what's going on there. And then they don't don you a kapschut. And they say, hey, what's going on? 
the guy doesn't put a light over there. And there, therefore, even though they know you've got two two exits, but since the, we don't know if they're going to make the effort to go around the corner, you've got to be worried. So in other words, you got to be worried about the message you send to the community. We don't want people to think about you, that you don't keep near Hanukkah, and we force you to light a second Hanukkah. How do we know that we care? Where is this principle that we care about what people think about you and are going to talk about you? And because of that, you have to make extra effort, money effort, in order to make that happen. How do you know that? The Tanya, Shimon, Bishvil Arbatvarim Amr Torah Laniach Peya. Hey, it's about Peya. <laughs> For four Rab Shimon Ben Yochai was Dorish Time of the Kro. He said there's four reasons why the Torah says Laniach Peya Bisov Sadeu. You're supposed to Peya is supposed to be at the end of the field. Meaning most of it is gone already. But the very edge is going to be left. But the stuff deep in the inside of the field, that's you're not supposed to make that into Peya. That's what the Pasuk says. When you basically have, and you obviously don't start in, at the end, you start deep in the woods. You start deep in the interior deep in the depths of where your field is, and then you work outward towards the end of your field. That's what you're supposed to leave over. Shimon Bar Yochai says, what's the reason why God wants that to be the way that you leave over, Peya? He says, I got four reasons. Mipnei gezelaniyim. Mipnei bitelaniyim. Mipnei achshad. Umishum baltechale. Okay, what does that mean? Gezelaniyim. Mipnei gezelaniyim. If you're going to make paya from something deep in the depths of your field, so what you're going to do is you're going to say like this. The Aniyam are expecting to see what's at the edge of the field. What I'm going to do is wait for when there's no Ani around. Then I'm going to say, hey, I got a cousin who's poor. Hey, come over here and you can get that stuff in the middle of the field. That's gezel to the other aniyam. You're, you can't decide, I want to help my, my cousin who's an ani. When it comes to pay, it's got to be, it has to be, it's an equal playing field. That's gezel for the aniyam. Let's go on. Umipnei bitl aniyam. What's the bitl aniyam? Shalo yiyei aniyam yoshvin umishamrin. Because the aniyam shouldn't be sitting there waiting. Because if they they are expecting it to be the end of the field, they you can't their time it means something too, right? They're going to sit there and say, oh, oh we got to wait, we got to wait, wait till he does something in the middle. That's going to take time away from them, right? So therefore, they don't know when it's happening. That takes time away. There's gezel; they're never going to get it, and their time is worth something too. And what else? If you're going to make your pay of the stuff in the middle, and the honey came and took it, and then the stuff at the end, the stuff at the end of the field, you're going to harvest and put onto the truck, and people see that, people are going to say, hey, that guy doesn't take pay. They're going to say, look at that bum. 
A person should have, his field should be cursed, the guy who doesn't want to do the mitzvah of Peah. So you see from here, from Shimon Bar Yochai, that that's the Svara of Chad. That's one of the reasons why the Torah wants us to do mitzvahs in a way that people don't suspect us. And that's the same thing with Ner Hanukkah. Now, Shimon Bar Yochai says another reason. And, th- and we want you to do it right because we don't want you to take, to, to actually take everything away. Do not eliminate everything. Do not coatsir everything. Mar says, they're all, they're all basically aspects of Baltachale. you know what Shimmer Bayechai meant? He meant one of the reasons why God did not say you should do paya in the middle of the field is because you're going to have a bunch of fakers who are never going to leave paya. And when anybody asks them, they'll say, oh, yeah, I left pay in the middle and somebody came and took it already. Because everyone, therefore, we want pay it to be external. And therefore, that's going to that's gonna dissuade the fakers. And the people are going to try to cheat the poor people. Amrav Yitzhak Baradifa, two times in Shas, he shows up. Here in Ktuvot. But here he was in Bovel. In Ktuvot, he was in Eretz Yisrael. Two times in Shas, this is the, the first time he shows up. Rabbi Yitzhak Baradifa said the name Rav Huna. Let's say you have a jug, a jar uh, of oil in it, and it has two places for the wicks to come out. And let's say you have uh, two guys that are in a boarding house. They can use that one menorah, that one Hanukkiah, because it has two mouths. And one side will be for Ruvain, and one side will be for Shimon. Amarava, milakara shemen. If you pour into the jar, into the into the into the plate, you pour it full of oil into the bowl, full of oil. and then you put a bunch of wicks all around it. So if kafaleimkli, if you can put a container, you can put a, a a top on top of it, and the wicks are all indicated separately. So you have a huge bowl with wicks all around it. So each wick could stand for a different person. And if there's a bunch of people in the family, each wick will be the menorah, the Chanukiah for each. Because they look separate. But if you don't put the top on it, you have a bunch of, a bunch of oil floating in a bowl with wicks all around it, even though there's 10 kids in the family and each one, and it's the first night and they wanted that to be their Chanukiah for that night, it doesn't work. Why? Because then, because there's nothing covering it, it's like a huge bonfire. It looks like a huge fire. And, and therefore, even one person can't use it. Because the Ner Hanukkah has to be at least, it can't be a Madura. It's supposed to be a Ner, not a bonfire. This looks like a big bonfire in the bowl. And therefore, you can't use it. Very important Gemara coming up right now. Not just for Hanukkah, but for every single day of the year. Amar Rava, Rava said, Pshitali, it's straightforward to me. Ner Beito, Vener Hanukkah, Ner Beito Adif. A person is very poor and he has enough money to, and it's the Shabbos Hanukkah. He has enough money to purchase oil and wicks for Hanukkah lights that he's going to put outside his house. 
or he has enough to put in his house for the Shabbos Licht, for the topic of this parak, lighting candles in the house on Shabbos. What should he do? He says, to me, it's obvious. Ner Beito Odif. Why? Mishum Shalom Beito. Shalom Bayit is crucial. The fact that people see each other, the fact that people can sit at the table and enjoy each other's company, it's not in the dark, they're not stumbling. The Shalom Bayis is bigger than the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah. Shalom Bayis, Shalom Bayis, Shalom Bayis, Shalom Bayis is more important than Ner Hanukkah. Despite the importance of celebrating the miracle and how much we want to show how much we love God, Shalom Bayis in the house is more important. Ner Beso Vikidish Hayom, let's say there's a question of, I have enough money for wine. Or challah, to make Kiddush. Or I have enough money to put a light in my house to create the ambiance and the spirit of Sholem between me and my wife and my family. What comes first? Ne'er beso adif, bishum Sholem beso. So even though he's not going to say Kiddush normally, he'll have to just announce the Kiddush in davening. He's not going to say the Kiddush on wine or bread. Sholem bayis, Sholem bayis is bigger than Kiddush. Okay, Shalom Bayis is the king. But boy, Rava, Rava said this was... Why did, why did he need to repeat that? <laughs> that it's bigger than Kiddush, it's a Kiddush. You would say, Ne'er Hanukkah, it's all Darabonon. Yeah, okay, but it's even bigger than Kiddush. Kiddush is from the Torah. You hear, Epi? But now the question is, what would be Ne'er Hanukkah versus Kiddush? Which is better? You have enough money to buy... Neros for Hanukkah, or enough money to buy something to make Kiddush on. Which which do you do? Boy Rava, Ne'er Hanukkah v'Kiddush Hayom, Mahu. Do you say Kiddush Hayom, Adif? Why? Ditadir. You need Kiddush every Shabbos. Oh, Dilma, Ne'er Hanukkah, Adif. Why? Mishum Persume Nisa. Persume Nisa is important. Because this is a miracle, and this time of Hanukkah is the only time people are going to sense what it meant. So maybe this week we're going to go we're going to go without making kiddush on wine, without making kiddush on bread, but we're going to tell the story to the people about how we won the war and how God did a miracle for us. What do you do this Shabbos? So let's see what the Gemara answers. Buster, who says kiddush? Jack Kadosh. That's what Jackie says. Well, let's see what the Gemara says. Buster the boy. Buster the boy, after he asked the question, Hudder Pashta. Then he answered it. What did he say? You hear that? It's more important to be Makadish Shem Shamayim with Ner Hanukkah. And you're not, you're gonna, you know how you do Kiddush this week, Jackie? By just announcing it's Shabbos and it's special. Say it again. You have to be mafarsimit. Even though your neighbor is doing it, you've got to be part of it. Kiddush Hashem is when the whole Jewish people take part in it. Everybody is doing the Kiddush Hashem together. Of course, they do it each one in his own house. But everybody's got to be part of it. That's what Rav's Psak is. Amaravuna, Haragil Bener. You can't you do it in Chalav, you don't have wine? 
if you have Chava, that would be a better Eitzah. Then you could do Chava and do both. I'm saying even if you don't have money for Chava. Even if you don't have money for Chava. Or, 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 or we have no Chava. Yet. Wait, Chava during the day? I'm talking about Friday night. That's the man, that's the uh, time okay. you say Kiddush. Okay, next. I'm a Rav Huna. And there must be people, I say Jackie Kadosh must have done this. Harogil Bener, if somebody is mocked on doing the mitzvah of Ner, he does it, he's careful about it. That's a, a segula to have a child who's a children that are Tamir Chachamim. Hazoyer Bimizuza, if someone is careful about the mitzvah mezuzah, You'll see the next apartment's going to be even better. Pay the extra money to get the mezuzah and check it. You'll see you'll get a nice dira coming up. A person who's matbet always put the dawa, uh, the shmona chutim of tzitzit, and he's careful on his knots, and he checks them all the time. You're going to get a good jacket. You're going to get a good, talit here means a good beget. So be careful in that mitzvah. You're going to get good clothing. Hazar bekiddush hayom. If you're going to be zayir and making kiddush and making sure that you're going to have wine for kiddush, zochem amalegar beyayin. You're going to get rich, and you'll see you're going to fill up jugs with wine. So even though now it seems to be expensive to get, Hakadosh Baruch Hu will pay you back for the Mesiras Nefesh you have in the mitzvot. Of course, the Yerushalmi told us, don't overspend, right? But still, the Zirut will bring you something. Rafuna, Havi Rogil, Davi Cholif, Vitoni, Apischede, Rav Abin Nagra. Rafuna was, uh, was uh, he always used to walk by, and while he was walking, he would always be learning, and with his students. And where would he be doing that learning outside? Right by the doorway of Rav Abin Nagra, Rav Abin the carpenter. And he noticed as he kept on walking by the house all the time, speaking with his students, Rav Huna couldn't help noticing that he seemed to be very makbid on Ner Hanukkah, on Ner Shabbat. Omar, he said, I see that he's makbid on Ner Hanukkah. I see how makbid Rav Abin is on Ner Shabbat. Two great people will come out of this house. Two great people will come out of this house. And that's true. Avin was a carpenter! But he gave birth to two great Talmud HaChachamim. Idi and who was the other one? Chia. They became two great giants of learning. And it's because of his his zehirut in Ner Chanukah and and Ner Shol Shabbat. Rav Chista b'Rogod Avichol v'Tori Apischa de Beinosha de Rav Shizvi. Rav Chista used to always speak and learning, and it used to be by the house of Rav Shizvi's father-in-law. Chosa d'Avirogil b'Shragi Tuva. He saw that he was makpid so much on Neros. Amar Gavra Rava Nofek Mehocha. He says, this guy is going to get a Gavra Rabbah. And you know what happened? Nopik Minayu Rav Shizvi. Rav Shizvi became his son-in-law, which is almost like having a son. Right, Moshe? <laughs> it's almost like having a son. And therefore, 
he saw that from from Rabshizvi's father-in-law was was Makbed on that. That's why he got such a great shidduch as Rabshizvi as the son-in-law. Devitu the Rabbi Yosef habis ma'achro madlekes lo. Rabbi Yosef's wife used to light very late on Friday afternoon. She would wait almost not, it wasn't Shabbat, but she'd always wait late. She wanted to light right before Shabbat, she wanted to light. Amar Rabbi Yosef, Tanya, Rabbi Yosef said to her, my wife, we know what it says in the, uh, about what happened in the Midbar. And it repeats that. It says that the Anan was there in the uh, more and during the daytime, and the fire came at night. Why does it repeat? And it did not leave. The 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 the, uh, the cloud of the day did not leave, and the fire pillar did not leave. What that shows you is they got there early. Basically, what happened was, is that. Even before the night was over, the cloud was there ready to protect. Even before the pillar of fire was finished burning. The pillar of fire was there before the Amudanan finished. It's protecting during the day. So he was telling her, don't light at the last minute. Light the fire just like the Amudanan from God would come. While the Amudanan was still around, while the cloud, the, the day cloud was around, you should have your fire ready for Friday night before the night begins. So she got the idea. So she thought, hey, I'm going to light it really early. Like, like by Plag Amincha, or before Plag. So Eliyahu Anovi came and said, don't light it so early, Yosef's wife. Tanina, It should be early, like 18, that's what we do at 18 minutes. We don't wait till the last second to light. We we make sure there's a good, a decent amount of time. We don't light at 4 o'clock. We don't light at, by Prague, but we light late enough after Prague, close enough to Shkia, that it resembles the idea that when we're lighting Friday night, it's like the Amud Eish of God is coming to give us light in our homes. The same way the Amud Eish came to the Klal Yisro in the Midbar. Next. Omer Rova. Dirachim Rabbonin, Havilei Bonin Rabbonin. If you love Rabbonin, if you love them, you, you just, you feel it emotionally for them. So that love is going to Find itself in your children. Your, you might not become a Tamachacham, but your children will be. Demokir Rabbanon. Let's say you respect them. You don't love them, but you give them respect. But you don't feel that emotional connection. But you respect them. You intellectually know how important they are. So, you know what you're going to get? Havilei Chas Nebusa the Rabbanon. You're going to get a son-in-law who's a Tamachacham. But the Dochilmi Rabbanon Let's say you fear the Rabbanon. you actually scared of them. When a Rav comes in, it's not just lip service, but you actually fear the Rav and his Deya. You realize what Torah does to him. You don't just love him, but you actually are bottled to him. If you're bottled to him, 
Then you know what happens? You're going to become a Talmachacham yourself. Because then you realize you have nothing. And you realize that Torah is the most important thing, and you're going to become a Talmachacham yourself. Let's say you just don't have the mental capacity. You know what's going to happen? People will listen to you like you are a Talmud Chacham. You might not be a Talmud Chacham, but you're going to be so close to them because you fear them. People will listen to you because they see you have the wisdom and the sensibility of a Talmud Chacham themselves. The Mishnah said, Lo B'Shem and Sreifa, got about 14 minutes to go. Lo B'Shem and Sreifa, the Mishnah said you shouldn't use Shem and Sreifa on Yontif, on Shabbos. What is Shem and Sreifa? My Shemen Sreifa, Omer Rabbah, Shemen Shotruma Shenitma. We're talking about a special halacha of burning truma on Friday afternoon that, be, that was tame from before. Truma that's tame, the Kohen cannot eat, but the Kohen can burn it. He can use it as fuel. But we're going to see it should not be used to light your, your Shabbos candles on on Friday night. But my Karyle Shemin Sreifa. Why is it called Shemin Sreifa? It's Tame. Hoyu Lisreifa Omed. Because the only thing you could do with it is burn it. So Ubishabas my time alone. Why can't you use it for Friday night? You're not doing it, you're not burning it on Shabbos. You're, it's it's burning the whole Shabbos. You started on Friday before Shabbos started. What's wrong with using it? Why did the Mishnah say you shouldn't use it? It's good oil. Because since there's a mitzvah to burn truma, tmeya, there's a mitzvah to get rid of it. There's a mitzvah that shouldn't be around. We don't want you eating it. There's a mitzvah to burn it so that you're going to forget it's Shabbos. So what are you going to do? You know that it's truma, and you're going to want more of it to go away. As Rashi says, Why is there a mitzvah to burn Shemin of Truma? The rabbis might be from the Torah itself that there's a mitzvah to burn Shemin of Truma. And the reason behind it, whether it's Midrabana or Minatora, is because we don't want you eating it. It's us or to eat Truma that's Tame for a Kohen. And therefore, it should be burnt, get rid of it. So since in your brain, you're the Kohen, and you know you got to burn the truma. I got to get rid of it. All of a sudden, you forget about being Shabbos, and your brain gets in. You, 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 your, your way of thinking becomes skewered. It becomes wrong, and you're thinking, "Oh, here's this thing burning. I better. I want it to burn even quicker." And therefore, you're going to tip the lamp over in order to burn it even faster. Because of that, we don't want to give you that in the soyon. That's the way the Gemara explains. Why you can't use Shem and Sreifa on Arab Shabbos. So let's read it inside. Gzeir Shem Eyata. Abai. Abai has said, El Meyata So we normally we assume whatever you don't use on uh, the whatever you're not supposed to use. And when it comes to Shem and Sreifa, you shouldn't use it on Yantav, you should be allowed. But Ilamatanan, we're going to see in the next Mishnah, it says, Ein Madlikan Meshem and Sreifa, even Beyantav. You can't use Shem and Sreifa not only on Shabbat, you can't even use on Yontif. Why not? On Yontif, <laughs> there's no Isser in making it burn. On Shabbat, making it burn quicker is a Chilul Shabbat. But on Yontif, there's nothing wrong. 
Mar says, you know why? Even on Yom Tov we're worried about. Because, Gzeri Yom Tov, Atu Shabbat. Really, Yom Tov it's okay, according to Abaya, but we extend it to Yom Tov because we're afraid you're going to do it on Shabbat as well. Rav Chista Omar, no. Rav Chista had said, we're not worried about Shemayata. We're not worried. The reason why you don't use Shem and Sreifa to make for your oil for Friday night is not because we're afraid you're going to get intense about doing the mitzvah of burning the Shemen. That's not what we're worried about. We're worried about the whole Mishnah is only referring to when it's Yantif. When the Mishnah Bamem Adlikan says you don't use Shem and Sreifa, that's not talking about every Shabbat. It's only talking about a Shabbat where the Friday is Yantif itself. We're talking about a Friday Yantif. And that's where it's usher to do. And why is it usher to use it? Because you're not supposed to burn Kachim on Yontif. And this is like Kachim. Now, Abaya didn't think that way. Abaya thought, I know there's an Isra of burning Kachim, but Kachim are Korbanos in the Beit HaMittash or that become uh, Tame. So, Rav Chista said it includes Truma as well. Truma that's Tame is like Kachim that's Tame. In the same way, Kachim that's Tame, you're not supposed to burn on Yontif. Truma that's Tame, you're not supposed to burn on Yontif. And when the Mishnah says in the beginning of Amemat, we can Shem and Sreifa, Chista says that's referring to an, 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 when the Arab Shabbos we're talking about is a Yontif, and because it, it's the Isser of burning Truma is what we're worried about. Because when you set it on fire, you have already violated the Avera of burning on, burning Kachim on Yontif. Yes. Uh, two Fridays from now. Yes, that's what it's going to be. So, um, so the Gemara says, How could you say that? The next Mishnah says, That's the next Mishnah. Our Mishnah must be talking about Rav Chista will explain Matam Kamar. The second Mishnah, the Mishnah coming up, is explaining our Mishnah. Why did the Mishnah of the first Mishnah it was a Yontif Mishnah. But really, it's all about Yontif. It's all about a Friday afternoon being Yontif. Normally, you don't have to worry about a person getting crazy and wanting to burn uh, uh, to burn uh, truma oil on Yantif. Next daf, next almond. Tanya kavase the Rav Chista. Kol elu shaomru e madrikan ben b'shabes, madrikan ben b'yantif. You see from this brisa all these oils that are mentioned in the beginning of the first parak that we, the second parak that we just did, that you can't use on Shabbos on Yantif. They're going to be okay. Remember, Shem and Sreifa was mentioned in the beginning of Bamem Adlikin? Shem and Sreifa was not about Shabbos. Shem and Sreifa was all about Yontif. And you see, Rav Chist is right. That's called Sreifa's Kodshim. That's, not, that's called Sreifa's Kodshim. Okay, now we're going to go back to Hanukkah a little bit. Ma'u lahaskir shel Hanukkah b'birchas ha'mazon. 
it's Hanukkah, do you need to mention in uh, the Birchas HaMazon, Alanisim? We know in your tefillot to God, you have to say Alanisim, because that's when you need to talk to God, and you must talk to God. But you don't have to eat on Hanukkah. You don't have to eat a meal with bread. You decided you wanted bread. Does that mean our, your Birchat HaMazon needs to have Alanisim in it? Tefillot, you must do. And therefore, you do say Alanisim in the Tefillot. But you don't have to have a meal on Hanukkah. It's not like Yom Tif. Therefore, maybe you don't need to say Alanisim in benching, in what we call Birchat HaMazon. That's the question. Kivan the Mirabonanu, Lomat Karinan. It's only Mirabonan. O Dilma, Mishum Persumenisa mit Karinan. People will hear you say it. People that are listening at the table, everybody's going to be listening you say it. You're going to, you're benching Bimizuman, and everybody hears you say Alanisim. It proclaims the miracle more. Maybe you need to say it in benching. Amarava, Amaravschera, Amaravuna. A lot of names here. Going back to Ravuna, Eino Maskir. You don't have to do it. When you bench on Hanukkah, you do not need to say Alanisim. But in Bola Haskir, if you want to do it, you want to announce it to everybody, it's okay. You're allowed to do it. And where should you do it? Maskir Bahuda'a. In Noda, in the part of the benching, that has to do with nodelacha, that has to do with praising and thanking God, that's where you should put the alanisim, because of course that's where it should logically go. Ravuna bar Yehuda Yikulabei Rava. Ravuna came to Rava's house. He was benching, and he put it like Yalavayavo. He put it in Binyan Yerushalayim. Amaru of Sheishas, or Sheishas said, don't do it that way. Ketfila. The same way in the Shemona Esrei where you have to say it. It's at the end of the Shemona Esrei, the third part in the Modim by Hodah. So that's about Hanukkah. But now let's talk about something related to that mentioning. They asked in the base Medrash, What about Rishchodesh? Hmm. When you're benching, you don't have to eat a, a festive meal on Rosh Chodesh. When you do bench, do should you mention, make a Yahweh mentioning of Rosh Chodesh? If you're going to say, Hanukkah, we heard from Rav Huni, you don't really need to do it. If you want to do it, it's a good thing. But you don't really have to do it. Maybe there you don't need to do it. But Rosh Chodesh is mentioned in the Torah. Rosh Chodesh is mentioned in Parshas Baloscha in the Torah. It's Doraita. O Dilma, Kivin the Lil Osir Basias Malacha. There's no you, you, there's nothing you can't do. It's not like an Isr Malachan Rosh Kodesh. Lo Maskarina. Therefore it doesn't have the Khashivut on benching to mention uh Rosh Kodesh. Rav Amar Maski. Rav says I don't care. Rosh Kodesh, when you eat a meal, you need to mention in Yahweh Rosh Kodesh. Rav Chanino Amar Eino Masker says you don't have to say Yalaviyav on Rosh Chodesh. Amar Rav Zrika, Rav Zrika said Nekot the Rav Biyotcha. Take Rav is correct. Why? The Koy Rav Oshia Kavate, because Rav Oshia, who was the uh, was a master of Brightot, goes like him. The Tani Rav Oshia, Rav Oshia said in his Brighta, Yomim Shiyesh Ben Karben Musaf. Days that you bring a korban musaf to go in Rosh Chodesh, the Cholu Shomoed, 
Okay? Those are days you bring a korban musaf, extra korbanot, besides the korban tomid. And in the avodah brach and shmona esrei, you need to mention chalamoed. You have to mention Rosh Chodesh. V'yimlo Omar, and if you forget it on Rosh Chodesh, or Chalamoed Machzirinoto, you have to repeat the Shmon Esrei. V'ein ben Kedusha, but there's no special Kedusha on those days, you can do Malach on those days, even though there's a Korban Musaf. I'm sorry, Ein ben Kedusha Lakos, you don't make Kiddush. V'yesh behen Askara bebirchat amazon, and you need to mention Rosh Chodesh and Chalamoed in benching. So you see like Rav, Yomim she'ein bem korban musaf. There are other days that are special, but there's no korban musaf. For example, kagon sheni v'chamishi, Monday and Thursday, tainio to maimadot. When the people started to fast, when there wasn't enough rain, and they would say anenu in their tefilot, or the anche maimad, the people that were sent, the special uh, select chevra of Yisraelim that went to the Beit Hamikdash every week. Throughout every week, a different group went up, and they did special tefillot in the Beit Hamikdash, and they fasted for the sake of Klal Yisrael. Those people do not say, seemingly, we're going to see in a minute. But the Gemara interrupts it. it says, "What are you talking about, Sheni v'Chamishi? Maya v'Ditayu? What are you talking about Monday and Thursday for? What does that have to do with anything? You're talking about special days. Mondays and Thursdays aren't so special." So the Gemara says, "Ella Sheni v'Chayu Bet Mamadot." We're talking about the Mondays and Thursdays of the people that would be fasting. When there was fast days that were called because of a drought of rain, the Monday and Thursdays were the special days. And Mondays and Thursdays might have been the special days of the Anche Maimud. So now that we know what we're talking about, what do you want to tell me about the Anche Maimud? What do you want to tell me about the people that have started to fast? Arvit v'shachrit u'mincha of course, they do their regular Shmona Esrei, but they add even Marib the night before. They're only going to start fasting Shacharit, but it's all a fast day. We give you a Kula. You're allowed to eat at night, but it's a fast day for the Tzibur, a fast day for certain Yechidim, fast day for the Anche Maimed. The night before is also the fast, and therefore they meant they do Anenu in Shomea Tfilah. And if they don't say it, however, it's important. Their tefillot are important. By the way, one of the things I skipped today in the halacha was whether if you have a minion of Bechorim, whether they say Shomei HaTfilot and Shmon Esrei. If you get a bunch of people that have fasted on Erev Pesach, they actually are all supposed to say, and you have them as a minion, and according to one shita, they're supposed to say anenu in the Shmon Esrei. But clearly, you're supposed to say anenu. And this is, by the way, a source for the Sephardim who actually say anenu, not just by mincha. The Ramah brings down the Minig Ashkenaz to only say anenu by mincha on a tainus, And that's because we're worried about people who aren't going to make it through the fast. But as you can see from this bright from Ravoshia, you're supposed to say Anenu all of the Tvilot. Even the night before, before the fast starts, you're supposed to say Anenu. Okay, so that is the. Uh, should we go another couple? Let's see. 
I'm not sure if I could finish this Amud. We can go for another four minutes. We'll Let's finish. keep on going. Let's keep on going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Couple, couple yes. more minutes. Let's keep on going. Okay. What about if it's Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh Tevet, and Hanukkah? Do you have to mention in the Musaf Tfilot, you have to mention Alanisim? Even the Lespe Musaf, Hanukkah itself doesn't have a Musaf. Bididei. Hanukkah itself doesn't have a Musaf. So even though now it happens to be Rosh Chodesh, Tevet during Hanukkah or Shabbat during Hanukkah, I don't have to mention Alanisim. Alanisim only needs to be mentioned on a normal Hanukkah day. A normal day of Hanukkah doesn't have Musaf. And the Musaf doesn't even come because of Hanukkah. The Musaf comes because it's Rosh Chodesh. Therefore, the Musaf, you don't need to say Alanisim. Odil Mano. Yom Hushachai Barbat Filot. It happens to be one of the days of Hanukkah, Shabbat. One of the days of Hanukkah is Rosh Chodesh. You need to daven four times. One of them is Musaf. You need to say Alanisim. Machlokas. Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda Damri Tarvayu. Rav Huna, who was the Rosh Hashiva in Sura, the student of Rav and Shmuel, and Huna was the student of Rav Yehuda. They both paskind Eino Maskir. In Musaf, you don't say Alanisim. Rav Nachman, Rav Yochan, and Amrit Rav Nachman, who was also in, in Babel, Rav Yochan, Neret Yisrael, that said, Maskir, you do say Alanisim. Amar Abayi, Rav Yosef. Had Rav Huna, but Rav Yehuda, the Rav what Rav Huna of Yudah said goes like their Rebbe Rav. The Amar Rav, Gidol Amar Rav, Rosh Chodesh Shabbat. Let's say, in a, a similar case, Abaya said, let's say it's Rosh Chodesh and Shabbat. The Maftir says a number of brachot after he reads the Torah. HaMaftir Benobi B'Shabbat, Eino Tzorach L'Hasker Shor Rosh Chodesh. He doesn't have to say, Al Yom Rosh Chodesh Hazeh. Why? Because it's nothing to do with Rosh Chodesh, the Maftir. The Kriyas HaTorah was for Rosh Chodesh. But Rosh Chodesh, you don't read Nevi'im. You only read Nevi'im on Shabbat. She'umole Shabbat, ain't Navi Rosh Chodesh. So therefore, Abayah said, you see from there the same idea. That you look at what are, is it that you're saying. Just like Haftorah has nothing to do with Rosh Chodesh, Musaf has nothing to do with Hanukkah. In the same way, in the Haftorah Brachot, I don't mention Rosh Chodesh. In the Musaf, I do not mention Hanukkah. That was that is where Abaya brought a source and a backup to Huna and Yehuda from Rav. What did Rabbi Yosef say to Abaya? He said to him, "No, it's not the same." Me dummy, is it the same? Hasam Novi be the Rosh Chodesh Leka. Kalal. <laughs> there, there's no, there is no reading at all of Rosh Chodesh, at a normal Rosh Chodesh at all, of a Haftorah. Hacha, Isa Ba'arbe V'shachras Remincha, it's Hanukkah, you're definitely going to say Alanisim at Mariv, you're going to say Alanisim Shachras, you're going to say Alanisim Mincha. So you see, Alanisim does have a presence today. So maybe you insert it into Musaf as well. So therefore, what Rob said is not a parallel. Ela lohodamya. Masna There is a similarity to something Rob said, Rabbi Yosef said. This case. Yantav Shabbat. Let's say it's Yantav Shachaliyop Shabbat. It's Shabbos and Yantav together. So look at, listen to this, everybody. Hamafter binobi b'mincha b'shabbat. 
There used to be a custom. We don't do it anymore. There used to be a custom to do to take out the Navi at Mincha time. Tosfot said that unlike the mafter that was done uh, in Shacharit, the mafter that was done at Mincha was always from Ketuvim. And that's why, by the way... We do it on Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur we do it, right. right? But, but Yom Kippur we actually do Nevi'im. We do Yonah, as you know, Moshe. But when it comes to... Um, when it comes to... There was an old minag on Shabbat afternoons to read Ketuvim to read something from Eov or Daniel, and that was something that was supposed to be read every Shabbat afternoon, only by Mincha time. Okay, so, Hamafter benavi b'mincha b'Shabbat, you're going to make a bracha afterwards, Ein tzorach lahaskir shul yom tov. Why? She'umolei Shabbat, if it wouldn't be Shabbat, Ein novi b'mincha b'yom tov. So you see, that even though the rest of you were mentioning all the things of Yom Tov the whole time, but not at, uh, this has nothing to do with Yom Tov. And the same thing should be maybe with Hanukkah and Musaf. The same thing should be with Hanukkah and Musaf. It should be the same halacha that um, so even though Shacharit you 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 made the haftorah, but mincha has nothing to do with yamtiv. So you see, the same thing should be with same thing should be with Hanukkah and Musaf. But the Gemara then says, so the next page, But the doesn't follow what Abaya and Rabbi Yosef said. We go back to the great Amor Rabbi Levi that says Yom Kippur Shachal Yom B'Shabbat. If it's a Yom Kippur of Shabbat, Hamitpalo Niila Tzorach Lasker Shel Shabbat. Why? Even though a Shabbat doesn't have Niila, Niila is only because it's Yom Kippur. But it's Yom Ushenet Chay Barbet Tfilot. Since Yom Kippur falls on Shabbos this year, and you have four Tfilot during the daytime, including Niila. So therefore, you still say Shabbat. The same thing is true when it comes to Musaf on Hanukkah. Even though normally Hanukkah you don't dive in Musaf, but since this is Hanukkah and it's Shabbos Hanukkah, you would say the Alanisim during Musaf. Someone says, Why? You pass like Yom bin Levi, which means on Yom Kippur, Ne'ilah, you mentioned Shabbat. We still have the like Rava. The Omer Rava, Yom Tov Shachal Yom Shabbat. If it's Yom Tov on Shabbat, Shliach Tzibur Hayored Lefnei Ateva Aravit. The Shliach Tzibur on Friday night. If it's Friday night Yom Tov, and this is what uh, Yonatan was saying, Friday night Yom Tov, like this year coming up, that it's going to be uh, Friday night Yom Tov. The one who leads the tzibur in the Kriyat Shema, when he does the Mogen Avot, when he does the Bracha of uh, the Me'en Sheva, when he's going to do that, what we call Mogen Avot, he doesn't, even though that one Bracha has within it all the seven brachot, it's like one bracha that has everything in it. You don't mention anything about Yom Tif in there. 
Why? A regular Yom Tov night, you don't do after the Marib is over. You don't do the, the Me'en Sheva. You only do the Me'en Sheva on Shabbat. Therefore, even though this happens to be a Shabbat Yom Tov together, and in the Shemon Esrei, you're going to, on the next day, you're going to mention things about Yom Tov, but the Me'en Sheva, you're not going to say. So, Lachorah, this goes against what we said before about Me'ila. And against what we said before and about, and about Musaf. So the Gemara says, it's not a proof. When it comes to what we're talking about on a Friday night, the Me'en Sheva, the Mogena Vot, if you're talking about pure halacha, really you don't even need to say it. There's no chiv to say it. The Shabbat itself doesn't demand you to say it. What's the whole reason you're saying it? Rabbanan made a takana to say because there were people who would only show up Friday nights. During the week they worked so hard, they davened Arabit early anyway during the week. And therefore these people who had jobs were never able to come to Shul, were never able to come to Beit Knesset on Fridays, and, and during the week. The only time they came was when was on Fridays, because then they left work early because they were worried about Chilul Shabbat, and then they would go out to where the Beit HaKnesset was. But they were so used to coming late, they weren't used to coming to Shul on time, but they would straggle in there, many of the workers, when everybody was still in the middle of davening. But this was their time to daven Mariv for the week, the only time they ever davened B'tzibur or anything in the Beit Knesset. They would come late, and we were worried about them. We didn't want to say, we'll teach you a lesson, we're going to leave. We're the guys that come early, we're leaving you here. Because we didn't want to leave them alone in the Beit Knesset. It's dark, and, and it's outside of the city. So therefore, Chazal made a takana that we're going to add something to our Friday night davening to make the davening a little longer, to allow the stragglers who came in late time to catch up. But it wasn't really a chaluk of the tefillah. There's no such thing as chazarat hashats for Arabit. We invented it as a way to keep people in shul a little bit longer on Friday night, so everybody should go home together. It's so. When it comes to Yom Kippur, to mention Shabbat on Neil of Yom Kippur, Yomu Tfilot. And that's the same thing, of course, when it comes to. Uh, uh, mentioning Musaf on Hanukkah. Okay, we'll stop over here. We'll take it up from here tomorrow. We did a good amount. Uh, we'll, we'll stop over here, uh, and I'm going to, therefore, uh, stop the recording. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 